Hi, Sam. Hey, Marga. How you doing? I'm okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. gearing up for the holiday season. Okay. Mm-hmm. But my general sort of connecting the break times and sure. now connecting the break time to what I'm talking about today mm-hmm. uh, is continuing this theme of why does Halloween get to have all of the spooky fun yeah. when I personally feel like all especially religious holidays are yeah. incredibly spooky. Yeah. Um, and as we look at like pre-industrialization and yeah. what how holidays existed and the sort of things that still exist in our culture from then, they get even more spooky. Yeah. yeah. So today, today I'm calling the spooky Santas. Okay. We're not actually, I mean, like we're talking about Santa for like half a second, Yeah. but these are all of the things that are sort of Santa adjacent, Okay. but significantly more likely to eat you than cookies that you leave out. Yeah. So like uh, Krampus. Yes. Yeah. And also Rudolph. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. I'm on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. So to sort of introduce like why... As, like, part of a folk culture, these things exist. We sort of have to look at, like, the purpose of winter holidays, Mm -hmm. which a lot of these traditions have sort of flowed pretty easily into, like, Christianized traditions Mm -hmm. and things like that. So this, like, neat divide that... So one of the internet spaces that I exist in is folklore content online. Yeah. And... There's a really wonderful, like, academic online folklore space. And then there's people who think that, like, Friday the 13th used to be a, like, holiday for some goddess that they personally have made up, which it's always been very Christian. Yeah. All of these things. So, like, in that online space of, Mm -hmm. like, the not necessarily historically informed folks trying to talk about what these holidays used to be before Christianity. They like to draw like a neat line of these happy little pagans living in their perfect, like balanced world. And then the Romans showed up and brutally forced them all over the course of a year to replace all of their holidays with Christian holidays. Um, And that's just like, not really. Yeah. That's that's fictional, right? Yes. Like, that's just not- it was a very like sort of slow process yeah. of integrating new theological beliefs into and like the idea that Christianity even had a remote semblance to the Christianity that's practiced today yeah. as like truly monotheistic. Yeah. Uh, just like doesn't isn't a thing. So when we look back at like Christmas, for example, or other holidays celebrated in the winter, they're generally around the solstice, right? Which is really the mark between things, days getting darker, colder, and shorter. Yeah. And then you have the solstice, and the the axis of the earth starts to shift in the other way. And the winter solstice, because yes, the summer the winter solstice, solstice is the opposite, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah. winter solstice. So we have the winter solstice, and things start to shift the other way towards the days getting longer, yeah. warmer, brighter, all of those things. Um, And that's like a really important marker for people, uh, especially in terms of like marking time and 
your stores, whether or not you're going to survive the winter, what anything that might be coming up in terms of like how you are going to maintain a sort of communal survival. But also in terms of like it is getting toward the part of winter that starts to feel really brutal where it's like, I'm ready for this to be done now. Um, So a lot of the concepts that come up in these winter holidays and that have been integrated into the Christmas festivals are the ideas of creating light and darkness and marking a movement towards spring, a rebirth after this period of like death and stagnation or going to sleep. So moving towards this like reawakening of the natural world. Mm -hmm. But you are still like in the very heart of the dark, scary, cold death time. So it's still a very dark and spooky time. So we have this sort of dichotomous holiday where we have all these good things and all of these rituals and celebrations that we do that are about hope for the future that are about hope for the the future so right like coming back yes yeah so lighting candles and bonfires and feasts and certain aspects of reveling and the overturning of social norms which are all these things of like all of us in this community are going to be moving towards better happier warmer times but you can only do that because you aren't there yet yes because you aren't there yet and so we have all these spooky things that are also an integral part of these holidays so the other side of the reveling which on some aspects is right the good side is singing songs and getting rich people to give you stuff and drinking a lot and getting drunk and then on the other side is trying to break into people's houses and destroying their stuff if they don't give you things and getting drunk (laughs) and drinking too much and it's also just like the sort of constant presence of the darkness Mm -hmm. um a lot of the places that we're going to be talking about are the places that are affected by like the very long nights, the deep shift mm-hmm. between summer days and winter nights. So we're talking about like Northern Europe. Yes. Yeah. Northern Europe, closer to the Arctic Circle or in very mountainous regions where like right. the horizon deeply shifts. So like Austria right, 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 even right. is yeah, like Bavaria. affected. Yeah. That's right. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that we have animals, <laughs> carnivorous animals who do not hibernate, you know, right. that are like out on the prowl. We have hungry people who right. are also in many ways carnivorous. Yeah. And that the elements themselves are just, especially in Europe, where it is very mild in the summer, in the winter, can be harsh and deadly. Yeah. So... While we have, like, right, the idea of St. Nicholas, who's, like, bringing back babies and giving yeah. you presents and, like, has so a bunch of reindeers. We're going to talk about that okay. in another break time. So tune in for more break times where Sonia's going to go over the resurrective properties of good old St. Nicholas. It was one of his three miracles. So bring it back him. from the dead. Yes. Awesome. Yes, he brought Love babies, it. dead babies, back to life. So, like, along with that and, like, giving people presents, giving people money, giving young women money for their dowries, all of that good stuff, we also have spooky holiday monsters. Okay. Well, the flip side of that. And so sort of directly related to St. Nicholas or what becomes, like, our commodified Santa is Krampus. Mm -hmm. He's from Austria. That's why I said Austria, Bavaria, that area. Yes, right? yes, yes. Yeah, He's okay, cool. from Austria. And he has his own little special night, sort of. Krampusnacht? 
Krampusnacht, which is December 5th, which is also the Feast of St. Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. So in some of the stories, he Krampus is like a quasi helper to St. Nicholas, yeah. where he comes along on the journey that St. Nicholas goes through to give all of the children like presents yeah. for being good little like Christian boys and girls. Krampus comes along to... <laughs> to beat the naughty children with birch sticks he also carries a big woven basket on his back because if you're especially naughty he will put you he'll beat you and then he'll put when you're like insensate he'll put you in his basket and carry you to hell where he may or may not eat you can i jump in with two anecdotes sure okay because hannah and i are both from germany or like right. of german descent so i grew up in canada <laughs> celebrating saint nicholas day my dad's from the northwest right. which means we don't have a, a crumpus guy you have saint nicholas's day and you put your boots out by the window yes and if you've been good then you get candy in your boot okay and if you don't uh then you get a potato in your boot interesting yeah yeah so uh for a brief moment when I lived in Charleston, yeah. I went to a Catholic school um, and we would do that on the Feast of St. Nicholas during our nap time. St. Nicholas would come and put candies in our shoes. That's fantastic. Uh, Can I, I tell you anecdote number yes. two, which is even more fun? Okay, so once Hannah and I were visiting her cousins in early December in Bavaria. Right. And so we got right into this area where... Uh, the the tradition is that saint nicholas will come in person and visit the family so you a guy comes <laughs> in costume and sometimes krampus comes with them although when we did it there it was just saint nicholas and he um will uh make recommendations for everybody for the new year so like oh. one of them was like oh yes no you definitely need to quit smoking and the kids need to make sure that they clean their rooms and like like all of these sort of like this is how you're going to be a good boy or girl for the new year and i found it totally bewildering because my my german's fine but i find anything with dialect that isn't my dad's dialect super difficult yeah and so it was this thick bavarian dialect this tradition that i was not familiar with and then suddenly there was this guy and he was like joking around i mean like hey what do you need i'm like i don't know dude i don't understand i don't understand what's going on at all hannah thought it was really funny anyway that's my fun almost krampus adjacent there was no krampus that time unfortunately but adjacent idea in the same region in austria and bavaria there is um there there's a there is a, a slightly raucous version of yeah. what you described where for Krampusnacht, yeah. right? So you do the Feast of St. Nicholas and then at night, right? So you have like the St. Nicholas costumes and the guys going around like giving kids toys and stuff. But then you have other guys in the villages um, who go around in homemade Krampus costumes mm-hmm. and they go with <laughs> they go with pitchforks from door to door demanding booze and threatening strangers. Yeah. And it's actually been this thing where like they've had to regulate it because people get out of hand with the yeah, Krampus yeah, yeah. thing. But um, suburban Munich doesn't have the same No, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> But yeah, going from there to sort of like, because you spoke about the new year, we can talk about Wales. Sure. Uh, which is on the island the Tamai people are from, just yeah. the other end. Um, 
where you have Mary Lewind, which I'm trying to get as close to yeah. Welsh. I don't speak Welsh, so it's yeah. Not the easiest language in the world. I find it very confusing. Um, but Marilyn is a horse ghost. Okay, yeah, my favorite kind. Yeah, and the, the the sole goal of this horse ghost is to get into your house. Yeah. So much like these Krampus guys going around like mm-hmm. from door to door demanding things, Marilyn goes from door to door. And tries to get into your house, and the only way to keep him out, or to keep it out, is to beat beat it at rhyming riddles. <laughs> so normally, Marilyn comes around on New Year's Eve, and it's this part of a larger like lights festival of like bringing light into the new year, and. They're represented by a horse skull with like this big sort of decorated sheet behind it up on a pole. And one person goes around like hiding. Yeah, Yeah, like a giant puppet. And they knock on people's doors and there's a a song that is part of the tradition that where they request entry. And you have to like fight them off with these like sung riddles. Yeah. So (laughs) do you know what I love about that? The, The riddle competition is this like key indo-european yeah thing so that's like this super super ancient tradition that you see in ancient greece mm-hmm. and you see in old english culture and that's getting preserved in this yeah like, rural welsh tradition yeah love that yeah so that's that is a big one and that's a big one for the like that shift that we're talking about yeah, yeah, of yeah. like toward the spring then we can go a little further north and out into the middle of the ocean, we're going to hang out in Iceland okay. for the rest of these guys. So we're going to talk about Grilla. Yeah. And Grilla is a giant troll. And she's she's essentially like, she is, she's a, a lady troll. She's an angry old lady. So normally the trolls that like live in the caves of Iceland are like small, little grumpy people. But she is gigantic and she has a perpetual hunger and... It's a hunger that can only be satisfied by children. Yep. And so each Christmas, Krila comes um, down from her mouth. Krila. Pronounced like a K. Krila. I just looked it up. Okay. I'm going to try. All of my pronunciations of anything that's not in English is going to be. I now have the Wikipedia page for (laughs) Icelandic Christmas folklore up, and it's got IPA. So I'm going to try my (laughs) best here. Krila. Krila. Um, So Krila... Uh, yeah, so she comes down from her mountain to hunt down the naughty children, which, much like Compass, she puts into a like backpack and drags them back to her cave, where yeah. she boils them alive yeah. into a stew yeah. that she eats. Yeah, I don't see any issues with this. Yeah. Yeah, it's same, normal. Same. Krila also has 13 sons, and yeah. they are known as the Yule Lads. Um, I, I like that it uses the word lad. <laughs> they're just, they're little, they're, they're lads. They're out on their. Yeah. I'm not going to try the Icelandic pronunciation. They're lads on holiday, you know? So you are going to try it. Yeah, okay, well, I, lied. <laughs> I lied. Whatever. But yeah, so the, the Yule lads are mostly depicted as mischievous pranksters. Yeah. Or petty criminals they're out making a ruckus and causing problems leading up to like christmas day um and kind of like 
the modern version of Snow White. Yeah. They are all sort of named after like particular characteristics or things that they especially like. Like the, like the, the seven dwarves in the yes, in yes, yes, Disney, yes. Disney, in the Disney dwarves. version. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's a oh my gosh. So this is sheep coat clog. Sheep coat clod. And I, a coat here, C O T E. What yeah. does that mean? I don't know. I'm looking it up. But it says peg legged sheep fancier, which is deeply disturbing to me. <laughs> Gully hog. It's a small cottage or hut. Okay. Uh, or a small structure built to contain domesticated animals such as sheep, pigs, or pigeons. Like a like a, uh, a dove coat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And there's Gully Hawk who hides in gullies and. According to Wikipedia, he wants also to lick milk. off. He yeah, so he hides in the gullies for when the cows come past, yeah. and he licks off the 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 top the fat from the the, 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 the cream milk the buckets. Stubby, because he's short. <laughs> spoon licker who steals spoons. Yeah. Pot scraper who comes in and steals your leftovers. Yeah. Bow licker bowl liquor sorry yeah. who hides under your bed yeah. and when you put down your bowl he steals it and licks it there's a one who slams the doors there's one who steals your skier yeah. the yeah, icelandic yeah, yeah, yogurt, yogurt. Yeah, yeah. there's one who steals sausage yeah oh my gosh there's one who watches you through your windows creepy and and one who uh, sniffs through doors to find bread. Nice. There's one who steals your meat with his big old hook. His name is Meat Hook. His name is Meat Hook. And there's one who steals candles from children to so that they are stuck in the dark. And so, yeah, these names are gull, like Gully Hawk, Stubby, Spoon Licker, Bull Licker, Pot Scraper, Door Slammer, Skier Gobbler, um, sausage swiper, window peeper, doorway sniffer. Um, so they're coming to make your lead up to Christmas just a little bit more difficult. But they yeah. also then have another friend, and their friend is a giant man-sized cat, yep. or larger than man-sized cat, yep. known as the Yule Cat. Yep. And the Yule Cat is indiscriminate in the age of the victims that it wants to eat. Sure. It will eat children, adults, anyone it can get its hand on. It yeah. doesn't care if you were good all year. It just wants to come and eat you. And the only thing that the only thing that can keep you from being eaten on Christmas by the Yule cat is if you receive new clothing. Nice. So you need to make sure that somebody gives you an article of clothing for Christmas to avoid being eaten by the Yule cat. <laughs> and I just, I just know that some grandmother made this up to be like, no socks are a good gift. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I'm trying to keep you safe. Yeah. Otherwise the Yule cat will eat you. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of these are, are like we said at the beginning, like relatively functional stories right they have a purpose that they are serving in the the wider culture yeah so yeah that's the the sort of spooky side of santa and you can tune in soon to hear more about saint nicholas and his resurrective abilities i love it 
<laughs> so when a cat eats you, <laughs> yeah, Saint Nicholas can, yeah, Saint can bring out. you back. Yes, I think as as possi- long as you're an infant. Well, poss- yes. So possibly if you are taken by Krila mm-hmm. and boiled alive, you can be brought back by Saint Nicholas because I think that's the way that the children were killed or they were hidden in a barrel full of something. I don't know, but they were definitely submerged in liquid and then brought back to life. Um, love it. Love it. Love it. So yeah. okay, that was really Thank fun. Thank you for taking a holiday break. Yeah. With Bobby Yaga. I'm just going to remind people about our Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Bobby Yaga project. Yes. Uh, you can throw us a couple buckaroos there and we always appreciate that. If not, uh, we know that times are tough for people. You can always follow us on Twitter at Baba Yaga Project or at yes. The Baba Yaga Project. The, but our article is important. The article is important. And we're the same The Baba Yaga Project on Instagram and mm-hmm. on TikTok. Yep. Yeah. I don't really we'll care which there. ones. Yeah. We always like to hear from fans. We do. Right. Take care. This Baba Yaga break time was brought to you by Patreon supporters just like you. Follow us at Baba Yaga Project on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.